Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my guest today is Mitch London. Mitch, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Thank you, Kevin. I'm excited to be here today. So share a little bit about Mitch London with our Rising Tiders. Well, I am a family man, married, will be 17 years this next month. 17, month wow. November, four children, two boys and two girls, and um, businessman also. So I've been spending a lot of my time in sales and marketing in the past and launched out onto my own and got into marketing and had a very successful marketing company before I kind of had this vision and kind of calling on my life to start working with men and dove into the whole just at wilderness side of things. And it's been a, a very fun adventure this whole last past year. So walk us kind of through the quick kind of chronology, the timeline of, of uh, you know, education to starting your work to any, ending up at the just at wilderness. Yeah, I never went to college. Um, just was always, I wanted so much adventure out of life. So I spent a lot of times going around doing things. I worked on a cruise ship as a kid, you know, 19, 20 years old. Did that for a while. Um, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then actually a buddy of mine moved to Colorado and asked me to come with him to help him get his business started. Ended up meeting my wife the first weekend I was in town, so that was eight and a half, 18 and a half years ago that I moved to Colorado and met my wife Shelby the first weekend I was in town and been here ever since. Never had any reason to leave after that, and just kind of went through the normal stuff, trying to figure out life, trying to figure out you know purpose and direction and what jobs you could accomplish and where you fit. And the more that I chased those kinds of things kind of led to some frustrations. I realized I wasn't a very good employee. I didn't handle too well of just <laughs> doing what other people told me to do all the time. Um, my brain was always seeking how to improve. And, you know, when you're constantly telling your boss how they can do things better, it doesn't go so well. Yeah. And you got to so, have a special uh, <laughs> boss to, to be able to hear that every day. That's, that's for sure. I drive Just mine the way crazy. that my mind works. Exactly. <laughs> like I feel we, your brother. We're doing this, but we could do this better. It could be like this and we could change it. And it's like, no, Mitch, just do what you're told. I'm like, I can't. I can't, just... <laughs> I can't turn my brain off. I, I think that's the entrepreneurial curse. I really do. I think, yeah. I think it's like, you know, we're just wired differently. And, and, you know, we probably are wired not to work for other people. You know, <laughs> yeah. so I think it, it's you, hard. You learned that yeah, earlier than I did. Yeah. It's very, very hard. So I spent lots of years, different kinds of careers. Sales was always kind of my forte. I was always really good with people. I was never a scripts kind of person. So I, mm -hmm. I didn't follow the normal rules of, Hey, we want you to say this in sales. It's like, no, I'm that just going to build a relationship with people. <laughs> yeah. I just, let me do my thing. Tell me what you want done and let me get there. And exactly. that's the best relationship that we're going to have working. If you try and tell me exactly what to do all the whole way, it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, so I, I eventually got the bug of, you know, hey, I need to work for myself. It was always kind of in there because even as 17, 18 years old, I ran a Godfather's Pizza in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And the owner, his wife didn't want to stay there. He wanted to leave. So he was looking for somebody to kind of take over for him. And we were working out a deal where, hey, he's going to leave. He's going to leave me the business. I'm going to pay him for a certain amount of money, X amount of months. You know, basically it was going to be mine. And that was like the first real bug of entrepreneurship, which really mm -hmm. wasn't a word buzzword back then. Yeah. Um, you know, a franchisee. I wanted to be exactly. a business owner. And so long story short, he never left. He never moved. He kept promising he was going to move and that date would come and go. And I'm like, man, you're just pulling my chain. You're just bringing me along. 
I left and the guy that I trained ended up getting the business. And so it was kind of like, oh, <laughs> he actually did leave. He did leave the company to somebody else. But that seed was planted in there. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, okay, how do I get enough net worth to get a franchise? Because, you know, to have anything, you've got to be worth millions of dollars. Like, well, this is much harder to get into business ownerships than I had originally thought. It's nothing yeah. like it is today, where as long as you've got some skills and can share a message, you can start a business. Right. Um, you know, back then it was much, much different, but that bug was planted in there. And that's kind of started my whole journey of frustration working through other people. Cause I knew I could do it better. I knew I had other ideas. I didn't want to limit myself into a certain specific way. So maybe it was a blessing that I never got into franchising because they tell you to do things a very specific way. <laughs> so yeah. maybe that, I helped skirt those problems by not having that happen in my life. Um, but yeah, it, it led me to my entrepreneur journey. It led me to um, kind of marketing. And again, I, I saw some people doing some things and I'm like, I could do that better. And so I, I started my hat at different stuff and created a marketing company doing very well, very successful at it. And I just got to a point where it was like, okay, now what? Like, this is okay, but it's not fulfilling. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not being told what to do, but I still don't feel full or complete. And that's kind of how the vision of Just Ed Wilderness came about is I was just seeking, I'm praying like, all right, Lord, I want a kingdom business. I want to make an impact. I'm helping other people get their message out, which is great, but I want to impact people directly too. So just started kind of praying through it. I had two business ideas on the shelf um, and I'm like, okay, Lord, which one do you want me to, which one do you want me to start? I just feel like you're calling me to start another company. And I went to some of my mentors and some of my friends. I'm like, okay, I've got these two different business ideas. You know, I'd love your feedback on what you see in each one you know, and I'm, I'm going to start one of them. And everybody kept saying, just add wilderness, just add wilderness. And originally it was going to be a subscription box um, for outdoor enthusiasts. I'm a big hiking, backpacking, fishing kind of person. I'm like, how do I make a subscription box like a kingdom business? Like, do I write a scripture inside of the box lid? Do I put in a motivational little card in every box? I'm like that just doesn't feel like I'm going to make an impact. So I was seeking again. I'm like, for me growing up, anytime I needed just to clear my mind, I would head to the mountains, mm. get outdoors, get into nature. And so I hopped in my car and I took off and I'm like, all right, Lord, how do I make this where it's going to impact people? And he gave me this vision of Goliath. And it was Goliath on a hill being everything that you imagine Goliath being tormenting, belligerent, you know, just nasty <laughs> kind of person. But it wasn't of David. It was of all of the men standing behind David the army of Israel that was absolutely paralyzed and couldn't operate because they had forgotten who they were. So God started to talk to me and teach me like men today are in this paralyzed state because they've forgotten who they are. They have forgotten what God has said about them. And so boom, like a ton of bricks, it hits me like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to help men come out of this paralyzed state, help them remember what God says about them so they can function and be better husbands and be better fathers and be better workers or business owners or better in their churches and communities and just help men get back to being the men that God has called them to be. And so that's kind of like the, the short version, some kind of, <laughs> that, that is, <laughs> of how it really started. Incredible. Um, I mean, I'm sitting there trying to think of that story and, and uh, I mean, I don't know that I would have, I would have, you know, without, without, uh, you know, divine intervention, I don't think I would have looked at it in that, from that framework, you know, as you were, as you were explaining that, but it, it makes perfect sense, you know, in, in hindsight, you know, as you're looking back at it. So 
So when did this, the idea you kind of transit, you're still doing the, the marketing. I mean, that's kind of generating your revenue to, as well. No, actually I, I jumped in both feet. I'm like, this is what God wants me to do. This is what I'm going to do. And so I, I stopped taking on marketing clients. Um, I just kind of quit cold Turkey and I'm like, okay, Lord, this is, I believe that this is exactly what you've called me to do. And if this is exactly what you've called me to do, then you're going to provide it and you're going to grow it and your hand is going to be on it. It's going to be blessed. And so I just went running full bore. And so this, we got the idea last January, mm -hmm. January of 2019, this year, <laughs> um, of the vision and the idea. We launched it in February. We had our first events this summer. And so it's just been a full on rush. Some up, some down, some amazing miracles kind of happening, God opening doors that shouldn't have been opened. And of course, there's some struggles where you're like, okay, am I still doing the right thing? You know, yeah. not everything just happens so perfectly in this red carpet with the you know, entrepreneur world. So you, you learn some things, you pivot, you change, you shift, you go back, you seek more direction. Am I still on the right track? What do I need to be doing? Um, and so that's kind of been version one of the Just Add Wilderness journey. And so now we're tweaking and shifting and moving on to version two and what that's going to look like and how we're going to change and impact more people. But yeah, it's been a... A fun ride so far. So, is this primarily you, or are you are you kind of building the the program behind this to scale this out to to be able to train other people to to do this as well, or are you are you really just building this around kind of your ability to scale it personally? Um, I have goals to kind of like franchise, if you will, other mm -hmm. men because I've had other people say I'd love to be able to do this in my community. I've had women reach out and say. We need this too. It's not just the guys. We need to be able to do these kinds of things. Um, so that's a goal. Ultimately, I'm trying to get the it kind of set up. It, I guess, the systems, the processes, sure. you know, figure it out first before you do that kind of a thing, and not right. just throw it out there and you know it gets tainted or loses its intention or the purpose and meaning behind it. Um, another side of it that I didn't expect at first, I thought it was just going to be me marketing to men having them come on these trips and these retreats and going through these coaching programs. But I've had local churches reaching out wanting me to, uh, or wanting to partner with Just Ed Wilderness and myself for their men's ministries. And it's kind of a whole new avenue that I've really realized that men's ministries in most churches and most places are struggling and that they're not as successful and not as much participation yeah. as the women's side of stuff. And so it's been a real big thing on my heart. Um, when I developed the Just Ed Wilderness and as I was seeking, how is this going to work? Is that it had to be very relational. It had to be life on life. We had to be able to sit down and face each other, not just preach a sermon in an auditorium. It had to be something where we could be brothers. Um, so relational, it had to be experiential. It needed to be something where we're not just, again, formal learning. We all got our notepads and paper and we're just taking notes. No, we need to be experiencing life together. And that's part of the reasons why we do the backpacking trips. And then, of course, the learning side of it. So I've created a booklet where it's about 38 pages right now. And it's just the process that I take these men through um, of helping them ultimately discover that identity in Christ and what Jesus says about us. But this avenue now is these larger churches are like, hey, can you come and help us facilitate these types of things with our men's ministry? And these are coming with larger audiences, larger groups. And so now it's really fun to kind of dive down and figure out how can we translate what we're doing on a larger scale. And so it's, 
it's stretching me. It's taking me in places I didn't expect to go. Yeah. Well, that's just kind of how God works. <laughs> so do you, as part of the vision, maybe to build kind of a camp type thing that might support this where you could, you know, cater to larger groups, or maybe it's in a, you know, kind of one location and maybe you can add some, you know, some other facets of this, like, you know, we got a ropes course, we got a this, we got, you know, we got different things and, you know, maybe skills even survival skill type thing. I mean, I, I'm thinking Bear Grylls meets, you know, the Apostle <laughs> John here, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, you know what I mean? I mean, is that, is that kind of some of the iterative plans you might have rolling in your mind? I mean, I'm sure those gears are spinning all the time. Oh yeah. Land is high on the radar. Um, anytime somebody pays you to take them out on the national forest land, you have to have permits and there's a lot of big processes and things that you have to go through and a lot of hoops red tape and you know viability insurance and all these different sure. things that has to come along with that private land is a different story so yep. my eyeballs are like okay let's how when can we get land when can we partner with somebody if they already have land and you know there's many men out there that want to sow it into the kingdom they want it to be able yep. to use for church purposes so those are kind of partnerships that we're still looking to form or find ourselves um, but long-term goal yes absolutely to have a property where we can have cabins, we can do couples retreats. I have a big heart for kids. I feel like Boy Scouts of America is dropping the ball on a lot of things. And I would really love to be able to sow into kids and help them feel confident and gain that confidence in the wilderness so they can experience that as well. Um, so there's lots of things in the work that we'd love to do. Um, but yeah, the big picture is having, you know, some land where we can really, really make it exactly how we want it. All right. I, I mean, I think you were kind earlier when you were talking about men's groups and church being, you know, I think you used the word struggling. I would almost say anemic, you know, uh, <laughs> in, in many, certainly in my experience for sure. But uh, so drill down a little more. So from the business standpoint, I mean, um, beyond the miraculous, I mean, is this a viable, is this a viable business strategy for you? Yeah. So, um, Version one has taught us a lot to what to offer for version two. So it's hard to kind of go through all the teachings that we need to on just a single event. And so it's yeah. how it started is just a four day, three night backpacking event. And you're trying to cram in as much information as you can while still allowing them to, I call it empty the mental pollution where you sure. just let your mind come to rest. You get rid of all the crazy thoughts and the busyness that goes on in our brains. It's hard to do that in four days. And so now it's um, transitioning into a 12-week coaching program where we'll meet weekly and it's going to alternate. It's a combination of one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching because I believe there's so much power in both. So the first week is a one-on-one -on -one phone call with myself. The next week is a group call on a Zoom call where we come together and we can learn and we can get strength and you know hear from stories and struggles. And then the following week, it's all right, how do we take that now and make it personal for you? So every man that participates in these programs gets individual customized attention. And it's not just, I'm going to teach you something and then it's up to you to apply it how you see fit. Right. You're going to I run out of to space really make that lasting. Yeah. Every other week will be very busy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I mean, there is, there's a very quick, you know, limit to the amount of time that you have, you physically have. So what what's uh -huh. kind of plan B that says, or the next phase that says, okay, when I run out of my personal capacity, then are you training people to, are you kind of trying to multiply yourself to be able to respond, you know, in these coaching calls? Yeah. So to have a team of coaches um, is definitely a goal to kind of help us grow and to help us take care of those needs. Again, I want the, 
the trips are going to be kind of the top tier because it, it is an intimate, it's more an ex very experiential type of a thing. Right. I'm only going to have so many backpacking trips per year. We'll open up other different tiers of group coaching and different ways that we can help people. Um, just right now, I have three different tiers of coaching that I offer to people outside of the backpacking trips. They can mm -hmm. choose that one that includes the, the exclusive invite to the trip. But then there's also other tiers that we can work together. Um, but my goal, I love to travel so much. And that was one of the main reasons why I got into entrepreneurship is so I can choose my schedule. My family and I, we love to take road trips. We love to go out and explore and experience life. We homeschool our four children. So this past summer, we're or learning about American history, Lewis and Clark. We did a road trip up through the Pacific Northwest. Mm. And it was great to see the places that they're seeing in their books. And, yeah, um, it brings you know, to living life. life in that way. Yeah. yeah. And so we're very intentional about how much that we bring on with ourselves. Um, again, this pivot with larger churches and bigger groups is also going to take some time, but it also allows me to make more of an impact quicker um, to more men. And so trying to balance how all that is going to work, but it's a learning process. And right. we definitely don't have everything figured it out right now. We're just running and watching God do some amazing stuff. Well, that's a, that's a great segue into the next question I was going to ask you was like, so over the last, you know, however long this has been going, you talk 10 months, tell yeah. me, tell me some of the, the, maybe the, the biggest lesson you've learned in that, in that 10 months. And then my follow-up question would be like, you know, if you knew, if you knew then what you know now, what's one thing you wish you would have done differently in January or even last fall that you think would have been a game changer for, you know, you'd have been in a completely different position now. I would say one of the main things is when you have, and I, this is a phrase that I use a lot and it really impacts me is because men are not my market. They're my mission. And there's a very distinct difference between having an audience that is men versus a mission that is men and how you approach it and how you treat it and how you sow into it. The problem, and I hesitated to make this a quote unquote ministry at front is because of the mentality that most people have along with a ministry. It should just be done out of the goodness of your heart and it should be free and it should be super low cost, if anything. And that usually the attraction of what that brings is people who aren't quite ready to invest in themselves. They're just yeah. looking for something else. Yeah. That next thing to, you know, quote unquote, try. So it's hard when you have a heart to help to be able to weed out and say, okay, you know, to put a price point on it that says you have to be serious if you're going to do this. And some men that eliminates just because of the price point on it. And it's hard to be in a position where you're like, I know this is going to help you, but you have to be willing to help you first mm. before I can make any difference. Right. So even if you come, even if I gave it to you for free, is it really going to make a difference in your life if you're not there at that place ready to make that change? Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the big things is I just wanted to help men. And so I was trying to, the education process is a little bit different when you're trying to educate men on why they need mentorship and why they need coaching and why they need an experience like this versus just finding men who are ready for that. Yeah. And so it sounds a little bit different, but my impact is much greater if I find men who are already ready, who can take it and transform and then duplicate it. Now they can share and make changes around the people around them versus taking the time to educate the people of why they first need it and then trying to get them to come and then trying to make the impact. It just slows down the process. Yeah. That was a big realization is just 
when you have a heart to help, you have to realize who you can help right now mm. the best and where that greatest impact is going to be. And so the game changer would have been identifying those guys quicker so I could have made that bigger impact faster right, right. along that way. And I think I was looking at one of your videos earlier this afternoon and, and um, I, I think it actually, you know, the text actually came up on the screen during the video about, you know, people having skin in the game. You know, mm -hmm. that really is that, that, you know, you're looking for people that are, that are willing to invest in themselves because, uh, and invest in the process because that they probably will put more effort into it and, and certainly, you know, more intentionality, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the bane of, of free stuff is that, you know, people don't value it. Right. And, and they just, you know, it's like you said, I mean, they'll, they're just moving from thing to thing to thing. And, and if it doesn't have an immediate impact there's no investment and they're just, it's just another thing they tried and, and they, they will immediately say, well, it doesn't work. Well, actually you didn't even give it a fair chance. You yeah, know, you, you, exactly. did, you didn't, you put zero effort into it and you didn't give it a chance. And of course it didn't work, you know, because you know, you brought nothing to the table. So yeah, I, yeah. I really, I'd like that lesson. So, and I think that's true of so many of just businesses as a whole, you know, it's, you know, sometimes we undervalue our services to the point that people almost see that as the value. Mm -hmm. you know, of, of the service that you're providing. And that, that's, that is certainly a, that's a, that's a, it's a cyclical trap, you know, that you can, you can find yourself in. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm undervaluing. So people will undervalue what I provide, you know, so. Right. Right. And I mean, you have to be in a place like there comes a time where if I would have received stuff before I was ready, it makes no difference in your life and you probably didn't recognize it anyway. Yeah you have to be in a place in your mind, in your heart, in your circumstances of where that shift needs to happen. Like it has to happen. Yeah. And so there's a couple of videos I've made where it's like, I'm ready to do whatever it takes. When you get to a point where you have tried and you tried and you've tried and you just haven't been able to kind of get over that hump, but you're efforting to get over that hump, then a program like this takes you there because right. we can show you some things because I've been there. Yeah. And this is a process that I've gone through myself but it's a, a different mindset of somebody like starting at the bottom of the hill, wanting to be the top. And then the guy who's at that false summit, who's super close to the top to help him get to the top. Yeah. And it's a, it's a much different conversation and a much different impact that it has on that individual. Right. Is there, um, is there anybody that is kind of in this space that has been a little bit of an inspiration for you as you're trying to kind of try to develop your own, um, you know, process or program or, you know, project, however you, however you want to call it. Um, doing exactly what I'm doing. I haven't found anybody. <laughs> I've had a lot of people, um, reference John Eldridge while at heart, yeah. um, just because of the outdoor nature of what I'm doing, mm -hmm. but what we are teaching is kind of a little bit different processes. Mm -hmm. Um, his is more of a becoming and, you know, going through these stages of masculinity and manhood. And mine is really more focused on what God is saying about you as your identity. Um, most men are searching for a purpose, but they're forgetting that first step of knowing who they are. And your purpose is directly related to your identity. Um, there was a gentleman, I don't know if you're familiar with him. His name is Jeff Voth. And he has uh, Cape Time Ministries. And he launched a movie called Mountains and Manhood that absolutely exploded in my heart and was a huge inspiration. And he just does these backpacking trips in Colorado as an invite only for men is kind of like a passing of a torch. And so it's a 
they teach and they do lessons on manhood, but it's not like a business model for him. It's he's sowing into that next generation mm-hmm. of men. So he comes with his sons, he comes with their friends, other men that they just feel are ready for that next step. And it's almost kind of like this master anointing the apprentices, you yeah. know, hey, we're stepping into this. Yeah. Check out that movie if you haven't seen it. It's absolutely incredible. And that's, of course, here in my state of Colorado. So I love it even more. But those were two major kind of influences on what I do, but really everything just came from this vision that I got from God. It's been, it wasn't ever on my plans. It wasn't ever in my head that I could make a living backpacking or taking men out into the wilderness and make a kingdom impact in their lives. This has all been him, which is just blows my mind of how much he knows us individually and what gets us fired up and allows us to work with him in those ways. Tim, remind me again, the who who did the Mountains and Manhood movie? What's the guy's name? Jeff Voth, V-O-T-H. Jeff Voth, okay. Yeah, I spell his last name. I'll try to put those in the show notes as well, um, that link, and uh, or at least reference that in the show notes. But um, is there a, uh, and I, I kind of ask you this, but but maybe you can circle back. Just really, do you have any advice you know, for once you've gotten into this and kind of learned some lessons along the way, is there, is there one piece of advice that you would give somebody that's, that's going, you know, that's right at the stage of starting something that, uh, or about to start something that you think would be really helpful, kind of just a generic kind of universal that says, man, I wish I'd have known this when I started. Um, it's so easy to try and plan everything. It's so easy to not feel like you're ready or prepared to start. And I always use mountains and wildernesses and examples. If we're hiking, if we're going to climb a 14er here in Colorado, we can plan our route. We can pull out maps. We can see where the river crossings are. We can do all of this stuff ahead of time. But until we're actually on the trail, you're not going to know that a tree has fallen down. You're not going to know that this place is washed out. You're not going to know where you have to pivot and make these different changes happen until you're actually moving. And it's not something you can see from the bottom. It's something that you have to see on the journey itself. And so it's always don't get so caught up in trying to make it perfect. And then we just, we don't want to look like idiots. I think is most of the time is how am I going to be an expert if I don't know what I'm doing? Well, it's because the experts or the people criticizing you are still in the trailhead parking lot and you're on the trail. So you are moving better than them. So who cares? It's just get out there, get moving. And I know it's kind of cliche everybody, but action does create clarity and mm. you're not going to be able to foresee what you need to know until you start. I love that. As I, I mean, I was, I was writing down, you know, stop getting ready and get on the trail. <laughs> stop <laughs> yeah, packing I your mean, backpack and get on the trail. <laughs> you're not going to know what you have to overcome until you're actually doing it. Yeah, I, I love that. I, and it's it's really a great, great pivot. You just used the word just a minute ago about pivoting. And, and speaking of pivot, I, I want to pivot right now and kind of give you the space to you know, put your professor hat on and, and really share kind of in this, this space we talked about off camera about the Rising Tide micro course. But, and you got the, you got the floor. I'd love to, to just to hear you kind of unpack just a, just a, you know, one piece of, of whatever your area of expertise that you want to touch on, give us two or three points under that. And, and really just, you know, as we're building our library to help business startups, you know, kind of get a, get a good foot on the, on the trail, so to speak. But, the mic is yours. Yeah. So the foundational piece that I talk about a lot is just identity precedes purpose. And what that really means, and if we use like a military structure as an example, 
the identity of a general, he has a different purpose because of who he is versus anybody else in the chain of command. Their identity is directly, or their purpose is directly related to who they are. So most people, Rick Warren wrote the book, Purpose Driven Life, huge success, like number one seller. Everybody's looking for that thing, but what they do is they try to attach it to a task or a talent. And sometimes your quote unquote purpose is just sucking the life out of you because mm. it's not actually a purpose. It's not something that fills you up and that you can live out of overflow from. It's just something you're good at and it's actually draining the life out of you. So the first thing I teach is who. You have to know what God says about you. You have to know who you are and what Jesus says about you. Finding that biblically, finding scriptures is so, so important. And this is a process that I had to go through when I was at my most broken and dark time in my life, I finally surrendered. I'm like, all right, Lord, what do you say about me? Because what I say about me is not good. What everybody else is saying about me is not good. Like I need to figure this out. And as I started diving in and started going through the scriptures and started finding what God says about me, you just have this explosion inside of you because it's it's God's word. His word transforms everything. So starting with that identity piece, the who, then you have to align your words. So like who and then your words. Start speaking what God says about you over yourself. If you, if I keep saying I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not ready, I'm not smart enough, I don't have this, I'm too this, I'm too that, all I'm doing is speaking poison over my own life. And it's not going to help me get anywhere. But when I take his word, the creative, magnificent power that is in the word of God, and I speak it over myself, then those creative things start happening and things start coming to play. So when I went through this process myself, I was stripped down, fully surrendered, fully broken. All right, Lord, teach me what you say about me. As I'm doing this, I started making out daily confessions. Every single day, I started out with Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14. And it's all those wonderful blessings. You know, you're blessed coming in, you're blessed going out. You're blessed in the field, you're blessed in the city. But I would personalize it. I am blessed coming in. I am blessed going out. You say it every single day because as you speak, you minister to yourself. And at first it was hard. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to believe it. My heart had a hard time accepting what my mouth was saying. But the more that I ministered to myself by actually speaking it out loud, the more I began to believe it. And the more boldness actually came as I was saying these things. And before you know it, you're just on fire. It's like a Tony Robbins event. You can just do anything. Run through walls. But I had to align my words first. And then the what happened. I found out who I was. I fixed my words. And then the what came. I'm able to pray. I'm able to seek God. And he's able to show me this is your purpose. This is your calling. This is your mandate. And now the what is so easy. That purpose is so easy because those foundational pieces are in place. And so for everybody who's struggling, because I every time I talk to guys, I had over 300 people apply for our events last summer. And I ask them, which four areas are you most interested in being mentored in? Is it leadership? Is it purpose? Is it manhood? Or is it identity? And over 50% of that 300 wanted to know more about purpose. And it's just one of those things that just sits inside of us until you feel it. It's just going to be gnawing at you. So to get your purpose, you have to know who you are. Then you got to fix your words so you don't sabotage it. And then that what, then that purpose just comes. It's so easy. You don't have to look for it. You don't have to be just, you know, trying these things and after things after things, it'll explode inside of you. And you'll just know this is what I'm created to do. Man, what a, uh, what a, a great, um, 
micro course and a really unique <laughs> micro course in, in kind of our library here. But uh, I mean, I think it's very apropos for, for today and, and who you are and who God's made you to be. So I mean, I really appreciate you sharing that. And, and well, thank uh, you. That, that is, that is really, um, I mean, I, I love the, just the whole idea of it's a, you know, kind of a simple process you're talking about, but it is a very powerful and, and very, I mean, it's a foundational you know, process that, that we need to go through, you know, to, to really find our, our who and our what in the, you know, <laughs> I don't want to go all Dr. Zeus here, but you know, <laughs> the, uh, but the, the whole idea of, of just discovering, you know, when we walk in that purpose that, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you, it's no longer a job. It really mm -hmm. is a calling, you know, and the whole yeah. idea of vocation, you know, the basic root of vocation is, is, is a, in Latin was calling. You know, I mean, how, how does that, how does that exist? You know, what, what were you created to do? So, um, Mitch, is there anything that we haven't touched on that, uh, you'd like to add to, add to the, the end here and, and kind of wrap up with, and, and then I just want to find out, you know, where's the best place that people can find you online? No, I just, I thank you for, you know, reaching out and, you know, for having this podcast to reach people and to help, you know, encourage people on a daily basis. Encouragement is such a lost art. Um, I wrote an article today that talked about it, that if the only time you encourage somebody is when they pay you, then you're just buying that, you know, they're just paying for that encouragement. That isn't genuine encouragement. Um, but I just appreciate, you know, kind of the platform that you're doing. I am kind of all over the place. Mitch London is, you know, the full name on LinkedIn, on uh, Facebook. I've got a group called Wisdom and Wilderness. There's also a page, Just Add Wilderness. Um, pretty easy to find. My website is wisdomandwilderness.com, um, but very easy to find. And just my heart is for to fight for the hearts of men. It's what I'm, my calling is, my mandate is, it's a thing that fires me up that you don't get tired of, which is why, again, more confirmation that I know this is my purpose. Yeah. Because it energizes me to do this. You don't get tired if it's not right. You Absolutely. know, your vocation, your job can suck the life out of you again, sure. if that's just something you're talented at, but it's not where you're aligned so it's, yeah. a, it's a crucial thing to be when you can just live full of energy it's wonderful <laughs> well do me a favor after we get off here if you'll you'll send me links the best best places to find you whether the social sure. networks or your website or whatever but whatever you want me to include in the show notes please send to me and i'll make sure to get that in there and uh but man i just really appreciate you taking the time today it's just good connecting and and i hope our, our paths cross a lot in the future and and uh we can you know kind of work together on things as as we move forward but uh mitch just thank you for taking the time today and just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide have a great weekend thank you